This is Everson Griffin, and you are listening to the Wobcast, hosted by Wobby. Hey everyone, welcome back. It's another edition of the Wobcast. I'm your host, Mike Wobshaw, coming to you from TCO Studios at TCO Performance Center in Egan. As always, I am joined by co-host and producer Chris Corso. Chris and yours truly, well-rested after a bye week and bye weekend, and that sets the stage for this week's Wobcast because we get a chance to sit around the house, watch some NFL games, and survey the landscape. Now we're going to share with you some of our thoughts on what we saw. What's up, Chris? How you doing, man? It is nice to just sit on your couch and just take in NFL mm-hmm. games, NFL red yeah. zone. I, I, I love doing that. So yeah, that was re- great. the red zone is cool. Yeah. Yeah, the red zone is definitely cool. I did not take in the NFL weekend via the red zone. I watched. No, I didn't. You're not a red zone guy? No, I watched. um, I flipped back and forth between the two games that were on Fox and CBS. Yep. uh, Which uh, at noon was Patriots, Titans, and Bears, Lions. And then the 330 game here locally was on Fox. Fox had the doubleheader here in, in Minnesota, and that game was the Dolphins-Packers. So, That's right. Um, I frustratingly watched the Miami Dolphins for three hours of my life, which I can't <laughs> get back. You'll never and, get that time back. Uh, I hope the Dolphins play just like that in week uh, 16, Yep, which is when we play them. That's right. I hope the Dolphins play just like that. Yeah, um, didn't we didn't get what we wanted yesterday with no. the Vikings? No, not not in the NFC North. Yep, uh, we did get a little bit of help with the Falcons losing. That's right, and with the Eagles losing, I was I was fine with that. Those that, are big. Yeah, the long you know long term that those could be helpful losses for the Vikings if they fall out of the division race and they're they're looking for a wild card. We're going to talk about all of that today. We're going to survey the landscape in our division and in our conference. We're even going to take a peek into the AFC and offer some opinions on some of the better teams in the other conference. Also today on the show, you'll hear from Vikings legend John Randall. We will take a sneak peek at the Chicago Bears, and of course, we'll get to some of your mail. But first, what better way to start out this Wobcast than by hearing the voice and football opinion of Kay Adams, Yeah, one of the personalities on the very popular morning show, Good Morning Football on NFL Network. One of their talkers was, with the Saints and the Rams put up on a pedestal as top teams in the NFC, are there any serious contenders to the NFC's elite? The crew debated, and Kay Adams loves us. So let's talk about the rest of the NFC. Which team, I feel like we know the Rams and the Saints, they're at the top. Is there a team? Or which team is the biggest threat to those two? Okay, go ahead, Peter. I'm gonna win. I'm gonna lay it out here because I feel what like these got? two are like the the Mario and Luigi, and the rest are just the supporting <laughs> characters. The Yoshi, moment. Yoshi, yeah. yeah exactly. Who's the Yoshi? That's who's what I the Yoshi? Said. Sorry. Um, Thursday night was horrible for the Panthers. They got embarrassed on national TV in their first primetime game. So most of the country is like, all right, I saw enough. I'm out. I got no more hype. We're done. Let me give you their schedule coming up. The Carolina okay. Panthers. Okay. Right. They play Detroit. That should be a win. They play Seattle at home. That should be a win. They play the Buccaneers. That should be a win. They play the Browns. That should be a win. And then they finish the season with Saints, Falcons, Saints. We're going to know if the Panthers are that team by week 15, and then we'll really know by the end of the regular season after those last three games. But there is no reason the Panthers shouldn't rattle off four straight wins with Lions, Seahawks, Buccaneers, and Browns coming up. And if that's the case, they should be coming with a full head of steam for those final three divisional matchups. I'm going to say the Carolina Panthers 
are forgotten because we're not going to talk about them for the next couple months. I, I have a feeling for the next five weeks, they're out of sight, out of mind. They lost their primetime shot, and they were blown out in a game that we hyped them up for, and they ain't going to be on primetime in any of these ones. But I'm going to say that the Panthers, mm. they could get a little steam, could get a little momentum. Mm. Yeah. Maybe that was the best thing that could have happened to them. Get the doors blown off you. Mm-hmm. Be humbled. Check your egos. So you're with Cam. I'm this saying the exactly Panthers. exactly what Cam was saying. The mm. Panthers can use that. They okay. can use that to motivate, and they've got wins on the schedule left. A lot of these teams have brutal schedules. Panthers don't. Go win those four games and come in strong for the Saints mm-hmm. on Thursday. They have to face the Saints twice at the end of the season, a team that beat them three times yes. last year. I see Christian McCaffrey as the toad, you know, the little guy, toad, yeah. small, fast, Yahoo! Yeah. But uh, you know when I play Mario Kart, I'm not making a joke, I like Wario. I like being the big bad guy. And the Wario in the NFC right now, I'm going to take a shot at this. We saw something yesterday that we haven't seen in about six months, and that was Khalil Mack at his full powers. Khalil Mack did terrible, terrible things to the Lions at Soldier Field yesterday. So the Bears are not the Rams, they're not the Saints. I'm looking forward, I'm taking a shot. I think if you got him in a playoff game, and you had one of those signature defensive performances from a pass rate. I think that's the only way you're going to beat these We've teams. seen it from Von Miller in big games, right? Like, we saw, we've seen it from Cam Jordan in big games. Right. We've seen pass rushers who can take over the game. And I just think unless you hit Breeze, unless you hit Goff, like, they're going to hit you and knock you out. Khalil Mack rested for weeks, and they risked it. They could have played. They said, I think he's our best player. We're going to take a shot. We're going to beat the Bills. We're going to beat the Jets. And then they unleashed him yesterday, and it looked like the same one we saw week one, week two. Should the Bears continue to develop, and Trubisky develops, a big-time Khalil Mack game is the kind of game that could knock off a Breeze or a Goff. That's what it's going to take. I don't think any bad offense can do it. I don't think there's a Rodgers and a Brady who can beat them offensively. I think you have to beat them with the defensive star, and I think he's right now the best in the league. Mm. Yeah. The Vikings can do it. The Vikings? Yeah, I think they can. I think Kirk Cousins, you're talking offense. He's having a better year statistically than Tom Brady sure. is right now, and he's an upgrade on what they had last year. He's a guy that can stretch the field. I have this weird feeling that they're everything's happening at the right time, right? They were not great on defense to start. Then they got Everson Griffin back. They're doing celebrations after big plays. They're starting to look like they did last year up defensively right now, and they are the number one defense, by the way, over the last four weeks. And I feel like Dalvin Cook is back. Stephon Diggs is dealing with a bit of an injury. The bye week came, I feel like, right at the best mm. time. And uh, I just feel like in that NFC North, they're still going to sort of run the show. It'll be a huge game against the Bears in week And guess 11. what? They beat the Saints last year in a playoff game, so they're not scared of them there. And they beat the Rams in a regular season game last year. They're not scared of them there. They've won four or five. Sorry, the Rams beat them last year, but they... Yeah. And how they, they beat they the Saints in that playoff game? The, the world deserves the Saints-Vikings I playoff rematch, right? I mean, that'd be incredible. Mm-hmm. Which teams in the NFC... Was the biggest threat to the Rams Saints? After thinking about it, nobody. Just think about these offenses and Alex. It's hard to find one. They are. It's hard to find one. And here's the thing: since we're talking Mario Kart, when you battle in Mario Kart, what are you trying to do? You're trying to burst the balloons. Balloons, right? And there's three balloons on these. Only thing that's going to happen if balloons burst within these teams, and that's injuries. And I know injuries are inevitable, but if you get healthy at the end of the year and you can maintain that, I feel like nobody's going to stop these guys, and they will meet up at the end and win the championship game. You got to give credit to the team that's the biggest bully, and that's the Saints right now. Mm-hmm. Saints, they proved to be the better team when they played, and not only that, they're playing almost like collegiate football right now, where they're running up to score on teams for their own personal confidence, mm-hmm. but also to send a message to everybody mm-hmm. else. But right now, Rams and Saints, two of the best offenses in the business, those guys will be in the they playoffs and meet up in the NCAA. The Vikings did beat the Rams in the regular season mm-hmm. last year, so they have that little, but then again, the Rams beat them this year, yep. which is probably more important. All right, Chris, so let's take a look at this. We heard what uh, the crew at Good Morning Football had to say. So let's take a look first at the NFC North. As we enter this week, 
the Chicago Bears sit atop the division at 6-3. The Vikings are in second place at 5-3-1, and one. and of course these two teams play each other on Sunday Night Football. The Packers at 4-4-1, four, four and, and the Lions at 3-6 and six round out the bottom of the division. So the Vikings have the ability, with a victory at Soldier Field, to be in first place. It would pull them to a tie in the win column with the Bears at six wins apiece, but the Vikings will have one fewer loss That's right. by virtue of their tie with the Packers, and then they would have... For the time being, the tiebreaker, the head-to-head tiebreaker over the Bears. So obviously a huge game in the NFC North this weekend with the Vikings and Bears squaring off. But your thoughts on the NFC North as we sit right here with seven games to go. This isn't how I would have uh, scripted it up before the season started with the Bears on top through nine games. As uh, you heard on Good Morning Football, Kyle Brandt was a supporter of the Bears Um you wouldn't think they would be six and three, nine games. This is November now. This is mm-hmm. this is real. There's only seven games left, and obviously Sunday night football is going to be a huge game for the Vikings. But man, this Bears team has been impressive, especially on the offensive side of the ball. I think that's the biggest standout to me. Bears on offense. Yeah, just Trubisky. Yeah. I didn't I didn't see him being the guy who could throw it for 355 yards and three touchdowns and 23 yep. for 30 uh, in a division game like he did you know yesterday. What this, you that, was, know what, that was impressive. Yeah, you know what this reminds me of, what's going on in Chicago, is what happened with the L.A. Rams Yeah, with Sean McVay yep. and Jared Goff. Maggie. Yeah, you have a, a young quarterback who was a first-round pick who was pretty uneven in his first year, first two years. That's right. Okay, now change of coaches. The Rams went away from Jeff Fisher and hired Sean McVay. That's what happened to Jared Goff, and boom, Jared Goff takes off. Took off. All right, now the Bears, they fire their coach, and they hire Matt Nagy, a young, offensive-minded coach, just like Sean McVay, and boom, Trubisky taking off. This is the same thing that the Rams went through. The Bears are now doing it a couple years later, and there are even some similarities on defense. If you look at... A guy in the front four for the Rams, who is one of the best players in the NFL, Aaron Donald, along the defensive line, and the Bears have a similar guy. He plays defensive end, not defensive tackle. His name is Khalil Mack, but he has just as profound, if not a more profound, impact on each game. So to me, the Bears are following a formula, whether it is by design or just by coincidence, that the Rams have used, and the Rams are now one of the best teams in the NFC. That's what the Bears are in the process of doing. The Vikings... Uh, in good a position as any team, though, to stop that progress. And they're going to get a swing at these Bears this week on Sunday Night Football. So that that's sort of how I see the Bears. You follow my logic there, comparing them to the Rams? Yeah, I thought that was a great take. I mean, I really agree with everything you said. And young quarterbacks, young head coaches, offensive-minded head coaches. And what better time for the Vikings to run into the Bears after a bye week? We know we have some injuries with the Vikings. We had a couple players sit out of the last game but you get the bye you have Dalvin Cook back what do we think about these players um that were injured before the bye Wobby do you think that they have a chance to play against the Bears I think so I think there's a reason to be optimistic about Diggs and Barr and those are the two big names I think but also keep in mind you've got Tom Compton starting left guard Andrew Sandejo starting safety David Morgan a key player on special teams and and at tight end on offense All, all those guys dealing with injuries too so Um, We're not going to hear from Mike Zimmer early in the week, which we normally do after a game. We hear from him on Mondays. We're not going to hear from him this Monday um, because the Vikings didn't play on Sunday, of course. So the first time we'll hear from Mike Zimmer this week will be Wednesday morning, at which point he will be asked about the injuries. 
How much he'll divulge remains to be seen. Normally, he keeps his cards pretty close to the vest, and I would expect that's what will happen Wednesday. But I think there's reason to be optimistic on a couple of those guys, including Diggs and Barr, but we'll see what happens. Um, I think when you look at you know, the the rest of the NFC and the NFC North and, and who teams are playing, you know, um, I think in the division, the Vikings probably have the toughest schedule left. Yeah, I'd say so. I mean, just looking at the next three games, the Vikings play in Chicago against the Bears on Sunday Night Football, at home against the Packers, always a tough game, and then we're going straight to New England to play Tom Brady in that stadium at Gillette Stadium where he doesn't normally lose at the end of the season. And then we go to Seattle, so... Um, four tough games. What about some of these other teams? Yeah. Well, I mean, you, you know, uh, the Bears played the Lions last week, and they play the Lions next week, so they get that. The Bears also have the Giants on the schedule, uh, and they also play the 49ers. So, I mean, that you know, that's not um, as tough, at least as it, you know, looking at it from right now and projecting forward, not as tough as what the Vikings have. I will say, though, the Bears do play the Rams and the Packers, so. Those yep. will be two tough games. Packers, they're at Seattle this week and then at Minnesota next week. That is certainly not easy. But then they have back-to-back home games against the Cardinals and Falcons. So, you know, they have a chance to add a couple of wins there. And if they can upset either the Seahawks or Vikings before that, the Packers have a legit chance here to knock off four wins in, in five games. So, you know, this thing is wide open. And I know I said um, sort of tongue-in-cheek that the Packers are – rounding out the bottom of the division with the Detroit Lions. But, I mean, they're only one loss behind us and two loss behind the Bears with seven games to go, and the Packers play both the Vikings and the Bears yet. So, you know, I think um, I think the NFC North is wide open. When you look at the rest of the NFC, which the crew on Good Morning Football did, I you know, I, I agree with a lot of what Shrags was saying about Carolina. at 6-3. and three. Um, you know, they're in very good shape right now. And you look at what they have coming up at Detroit. They got Seattle at home, at Tampa, at Cleveland. I mean, those are, good. those are four games. They're going to be favored in all four of those games. That's right. And then they close with Saints, Falcons, Saints. And we'll see what happens there. But I think the Panthers and, um, and Cam Newton and Norv Turner and Luke Keekley, that team is in really good shape right now. Um, they probably still believe they can win their division yep. with two games to go against the Saints. And if they can't do that, I think they're the leading contender for the five seed in the NFC, the first wild card position. Um, so I think they're they're probably a team to look at, uh, along with the Vikings, and uh, give an outside shot here to uh, to the Packers in the NFC. And of course, the Seahawks are going to have a chance to make some noise as well with games against the Panthers, the Vikings, and the Bears. Uh, and the Bears. So. Um, I think the NFC North is wide open, and I think the wild card in the NFC is wide open. It's going to be a fun race to watch down the stretch. Yeah, what about these teams that are 4-5, and five, many that you wouldn't even expect? The Falcons are 4-5. and five, The Seahawks are 4-5. and five, The Philadelphia Eagles defending their Super Bowl title 4-5 and five, took a tough loss to the, to the Dallas Cowboys, which made the Cowboys as well 4-5. Yeah. and five. So I, four, four and 4-5 teams um, that have been good in the past. Look, I think the Panthers right now, if the playoffs were to start right now, I believe the Panthers would be the fifth seed, the Vikings would be the sixth seed. So, you know, if you're a wild card contending team and you're not the Panthers or the Vikings, your first aim is the Vikings. Yep. At 5 3 and 1. Five wins is what the Vikings have. Uh, the Packers, Falcons, Seahawks, Cowboys, and Eagles all have four. They're one game behind. So we can't sit here and pretend that the Vikings are well clear of the rest of the field for a wild card spot. They're not. They're one game ahead of those teams with seven to go. This thing is wide open 
in the NFC, and it's going to be fun to watch down the stretch. Now, let's go to the AFC. And who, who are the two best teams in the AFC? Can you and I probably agree on one of them, Kansas City? Yeah, I think we have to agree at 9-1 and one now. Um, Patriots lost to the, to the Titans this week, so they're at 7-3. and three. I think you have to put the Chiefs on top. When you when you talk about the best team, okay, I mean thirty one touchdown passes for Patrick Mahomes. I mean, it's, yeah, he's good. It's unbelievable. Okay, so we got that. Now, what? Who is the second best team in the AFC, in your opinion? So, if the I want to hear yours. Okay, so let's. We're not. I'm not saying who is the second best team right now. Let's project forward. Who do you see being the number two seed in the AFC? I think right now. I could make a case for the Houston Texans. I was gonna. That was my okay. wild card team, just because okay. they've won. They started out zero and three. They were zero yeah. and three at one point, and now they are six and three, coming off of a bye week, just like us. Um, I really am a big fan of Deshaun Watson. I think mm-hmm. he's a good player, um, and I just the way they added the Honey Badger on defense, um, as well as JJ Watt, uh, as well as Clowney. Um, that defensive line is pretty darn good. I think that team is going to be one to be reckoned with. Yeah. Um, I don't know about their – they have DeAndre Hopkins, and then after him, weapons-wise for Watson. They traded for Demarius Thomas. Oh, they did? Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's great that I forgot about that. They've so, won yeah. six games in a row. They started 0-3, and they have not lost since then. Yeah, they're the on, Texans they're, are hot. They're hot. Okay. I have Watson. He's my fantasy quarterback, so I'm pretty happy about what's going on there. Let me just tell you about this, though. I know they just lost – this week, we all sat in our couch and watched games. You can never okay. count the Patriots you out can, of that spot. Exactly. Yeah. I think that's who's going to wind up with the number one or number two seed. I think it's going to be the Chiefs and Patriots. And here, here's the main reason. Schedule. Let me just run you through the Patriots' schedule. Okay. Oh, Have gosh. you done this? Jets okay. next week. All right, they're at the Jets. Yep, Bills. And then they have us. They <laughs> have us, us. Yep. okay. But then it's Dolphins, Steelers, good game, Bills, Jets. So out of those games, it's us and the Steelers, and I think they pretty much They're going to be favored in, in every game except the game at Pittsburgh, which they can absolutely win. Yeah. So yeah. I know they just lost, and they now have three losses, and a team like the Chargers only has two. Um, but I uh, – and the Steelers are going to have a chance to knock them off. But I'm – put if, if – you know, who is truly the second-best team in the AFC? Who will be the two-seed if we give the Chiefs the one-seed right now? I'm on New England. Who are you on? Are you on Houston? I th- oh, I want to pick Houston so bad, but I would just be going against the smart choice in the Patriots. I think it's New England. I really it do. It is New England. I, I I was more talking about who can who can beat the Patriots. If you had one team that you could pick on this list, yeah, other than the Chiefs to beat the Patriots in the playoffs, who's it going to be? Is it going to be the Chargers? No. Steelers. Texans or Titans who just beat I, them last week. I think if I could only pick one, I would definitely pick the Steelers. Uh, I like how they're going right now. Yeah, you know the Chargers. Chargers uh, are seven and two. They're, yeah, they lo- they have one loss to the Rams, being one of those two losses I know. as well. So, but here here's the issue with the Chargers. I can get behind the Chargers as a good team and a team that you don't want to play in the playoffs. Yeah. I, I can get behind that offense. And yeah, I'm just gonna run you through what they. So we went through what the Patriots have, right? What do the Chargers have? Okay. Well, they got the Broncos and okay. the Cardinals. Okay. That's that's solid. Not bad. That's good for them. But then it's Steelers, Bengals, Chiefs, Ravens at Broncos. Yeah, that, those, that's that's tough. That's tough. That's tough. Okay. We didn't even talk about the Ravens being being in the mix. They're four and five. Um, 
Yeah, I, I don't know. I still think they, they end up pretty well. Okay. Pretty good. So I, so I guess on uh, you know when it comes to the seeds two through six in the AFC, it's pretty wide open. It looks like the, the Chiefs have a hammer lock right now, on at least for right now, on the one seed. So that's kind of where things sit um, in the NFC and in the NFL coming off of the bye week. A lot of football left to be played. The Vikings have seven games to go. And these, uh, these races, most of the divisions, and definitely – all four of the wild cards, two in the AFC and two in the NFC. It's wide open with seven games to go, so it's going to be a lot of fun. Um, okay, before we get into taking a sneak peek at the Chicago Bears, maybe take a look at some news and notes around the NFL and get to some of your fan mail, we're going to toss it to two former Vikings, both Vikings legends, Matt Burke and John Randall. Matt Burke is a regular member of the cast of the weekly television show Vikings Live, which we film live here at TCO Performance Center Every Thursday night. Well, this week, because it was a bye week, we had a Vikings alumni instead of a current Viking as a guest on the show, and it was John Randall. So here is Matt Burke and John Randall talking things over on Vikings Live. Undrafted guy, and now you're in the Hall of Fame. Yes, I am. How, do, how does that happen? Uh, that comes from uh, hard work. Um, you know, I was lucky enough to come to a great place here. Minnesota to play football. Um, fortunate to have the opportunity to play and to play behind some great defensive linemen, Chris Dolman, Keith Millard, Henry Thomas, that uh, taught me a lot about what it takes to be in the National Football League and also about the commitment to come out and practice as hard as you could to be the best player you could be. Okay, so that's, that's people ask me all the time, who's the best player you played with, you know? Could say Chris Carter, Randy Moss, Adrian Peterson. I, I, normally I say you, and it's because of your work ethic. I mean, it didn't matter if it was a walkthrough, if it was half pads, full pads, game day. You went all out all the time. Well, thank you. What, what, I mean, why? How, I mean, how? Why? Well, <laughs> I think why and how was because I was a free agent. Uh, I wasn't expected to be in the National Football League. Then I wasn't expected to even play. And uh, for me, coming from my background, you know my background, grew up in a poor country town, and having the opportunity to play in the National Football League, and I, I give a speech to a lot of guys, I tell them all the time, to play in the National Football League is indeed an honor, and to be there for 14 years, for me, I'm just was so thankful. So for two years, I was a backup, which meant I had to come to work every day and try to block you, which I probably didn't do it for once in two years. And you may, and not only did you make it hard on me that way, but you like to, you like to kind of terrorize me off the field too. Well, yes, I did. I like to terrorize you guys, <laughs> but you guys made up for it because you guys would do a slide protection toward me every time, and I would get two, sometimes three guys, trying to uh, keep me getting from getting to the quarterback. And uh, but you know what? I think that just made us all all around better because I had to go against Randall McDaniel every day in practice, and Randall was a truckload, running a 4'5", 265 pounds. And, uh, you know, I, I have to say I'm thankful I had to go against Randall because he made the games easier. Yeah. And uh, for that, I'm always and in, in, indeed owed to Randall. Yeah. So, yeah, obviously, you know something about getting to the quarterback. And, mm -hmm. you know, in Minnesota, you had the, the purple people eaters. And then when you got to the, to the team, you know, Millard, Dolman, those guys. Yeah. You look at this group, this Vikings defense is dominant. Do you look at this group, do you think they have that, that kind of potential to be sort of, you know, put their stamp on Vikings history as, as a dominant D-line? I sure do. I mean, that's, 
That what makes the Viking uh, defensive line so great. It's never just one guy. And you can't just say this guy or two. It's always three to four guys that are always bringing that, I said, that, that history of the Vikings back to the Carl Ella, Jim Marshall, and Alan Page. And that what makes it great because you, when, you're, when I'm out walking around talking to people, you always hear them talk about there's people who say Carl Eller. There's some people who say Jim Marshall and, uh, or Alan Page. And they're always referring to two different ones because I think that what makes it, you know, like I said, the Purple People Eaters is always with just a group of guys. And it always filters from the defense line down to the linebackers on down to that secondary. Well, I, I hated you for two years, but you did make me better, and I appreciate that. And thank you for being in the Miller Lite player spotlight tonight. And I still love you. <laughs> okay, some NFL news and notes, Chris. All in like a 24-hour span. <laughs> this whole Des Bryant thing that we talk about every week We've, on the Lobcast. We're the only podcast out right. there that it, talked about it every single week. It came and went. Des Bryant signs with the Saints, <laughs> and then in his second practice, he gets hurt. It's, Poor guy. It's Honestly, terrible. I feel bad for him. Yeah, it's I, we, we were big supporters of Des. We know he's a great player. Um, a lot of people in fantasy football were excited, and I, I think he got picked up like in 70% of leagues. I'm sure he did, yeah. Um, when he got picked up by the Saints, and then it just all goes downhill, and, and you really wish a guy well when he gets hurt like that. We don't, we don't like to see that here on the Wobcast. Right. So. so now the um, Saints pivot to Brandon Marshall. Yeah, I, I don't know. Did you have the same confidence in Brandon Marshall as you did in Dez? I, th- I think Dez had a little more left in the tank than Brandon Marshall. I don't know. We'll see. I mean, yeah. um, you know, Brandon Marshall is a guy that I just wouldn't really ever count out until he says, I'm out. Yep. You know, I think I think Brandon Marshall is a really crafty, um, you know, a really crafty player. On top of just being physically, he's, he's um, you know, he's he's got that. He's got little man agility and speed, but he's a big dude. You know, he so he's got that dude. rare combo. Uh, so I've really had a lot of respect for Brandon Marshall. I think he's a smart player, and I think he's really crafty. And he's playing with Drew Brees. That, that's, that, right. that's a good pairing. You know, um, so we'll see what happens. I mean, their lead guy is Michael Thomas. There's no doubt about that. And then after that, I mean, they have those that's two it. running backs, Kamara and Ingram. Yep. So I mean, th- that's that's the offensive engine right there: Brees, Kamara, Ingram, and Thomas. Marshall's a complimentary piece and a very good one at that. So I think it's a good signing. Um, anything else you want to go over here around, um, around the NFL? We saw the Eagles, of course, they lost. That helps us. The Falcons lost. That helps us. We talked about the NFC North games already. Saints look good against the Bengals. How were the Saints' offensive possessions against the Bengals? How did yeah, that go? I took a note on this. They scored every single drive <laughs> until they decided to kneel on the last drive for a victory formation. So it went... Touchdown, first drive. Touchdown, second drive. Touchdown, 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 <laughs> up to the fifth drive. So five touchdowns on their first five yeah. drives, two field goals on their next two, and then another touchdown, number six, and then another field goal. That rounded out the scoring in 50-plus points against the Cincinnati Bengals. Oh, I didn't mention, they were on the road in this game. Unbelievable. So, uh, I, I remember when the, the thing used to be with the Saints, oh, they're a different offense when they're at home. Yeah, put yeah, them on the road. they're not the same team on the road. That's not yeah. the case this year. Yeah, no, so. I don't think so. Pretty good. Yeah. Pretty good display by those New Orleans Saints. 51 points they put up on the Bengals. I mean, uh, the Bengals are a team that's in the playoff hunt. Like, the Bengals are not just an embarrassing team that you can walk in there and, tr- and trounce all over. And the Bengals they, are good. And they fired their defensive coordinator after that game, so that's, uh, yeah, that's about as good as it gets on the offensive side of the okay. ball. Okay, all right, it's early yet, but let's take a quick sneak peek at the Chicago Bears. What are we looking at? 
when you think of the Bears, you got to go straight to this young quarterback. As we mentioned before, Mitch Trubisky, 23 of 30 for a career best, 355 yards, as we said, three touchdowns against the Lions. Um, that was his first career NFC North division victory. Um, he was the second overall pick in, in the 2017 NFL draft, as we said. Um, he's thrown for 2,300 yards, 19 touchdowns, and seven interceptions in 2018. That's pretty good for his second year. Um, he surpassed his passing yardage from last year already. Um, he started 12 games last year, so that's pretty impressive. He's having a different year, as we said. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you, you look at the two running backs. I mean, uh, Jordan Howard and Tariq Cohen, they didn't really have an impact in this game against the Lions, but if those two guys get get going, that this is an offense that can be multi-dimensional um, with the running backs as well as some of the weapons that they have. Um, Wabi, who are some of the weapons that this team has that are kind of different from last year's team when we went in there and won at Soldier Field? Well, I think rookie receiver Anthony Miller has impressed. Allen Robinson's been a solid free agent signing. Um, a guy that our offensive coordinator, John Filippo knows well. Trey Burton has been a nice addition for them. Taylor Gabriel, um, not a, a volume, guys. yeah, not a volume guy, but a dangerous guy. Yep. Um, Tariq Cohen. This is why having Anthony Barr in this game would be helpful. I think Anthony Barr could really help keep an eye on Trubisky out of the pocket and running, and then on Tariq Cohen as a dual threat running back. So, yep. um, I, I think the biggest, most significant addition and factor on this team is the head coach Matt Nagy, who knows how to design offense, who knows how to handle quarterbacks, and who obviously is on. A good run right now with Mitchell Trubisky. I have a lot of respect for that. So um, think Andy Reid, think Doug Peterson. This is the coaching tree from which Matt Nagy resides. He's got a talented quarterback in Mitchell Trubisky and plenty of firepower when it comes to offensive weapons. So um, this is this is a Bears team that can win the Super Bowl. Wow. I'm serious. Wow. Take. Hot takes on the Wobcast. The Bears can win the Super Bowl. Hot takes. And we haven't even talked about, maybe from a player standpoint, the most significant addition any team made in the last calendar year, Khalil Mack. Yeah. The trade for Khalil Mack. Absolutely. So, I mean, I'm watching this Bears game um, yesterday, Bears-Lions, and Fox flashes a graphic up on the screen, and I had to take a damn picture of it. I couldn't believe it. Rear okay. it off. All right. Chicago Bears defense this season. Going into the Lions game, 89 points their offense has created off of the Bears' defense's takeaways, most in the NFL, 89 points off takeaways. 24 takeaways, most in the NFL. Plus 13 turnover margin, best in the NFL. Wow. 16 interceptions, most in the NFL. 12 forced fumbles, tied for second in the NFL. So, I mean, with the way the offense is clicking, with the way Trubisky is playing, and with the defense doing what it's doing, the Bears are a Super Bowl contender and this game on Sunday night between the Vikings and the Bears is going to be awesome. Yeah. I cannot wait for it. Can't wait. And even if you're not a Vikings fan, you're not a Bears fan, you're you're just a football fan or you're a fan of a team in the AFC, you're going to sit down on the couch on Sunday night and turn on NBC and you're going to be like, hell yeah. Yep. Hell yeah, Bears-Vikings. This is a great game. This is as good as it gets. So I'm really fired up for the game. Can't wait. And then we get another big one the next week on Sunday Night Football. Against the Packers, where we are going to be in front of the nationwide audience in the next two weeks. So that'll be a good thing. And then we go and play the New England Patriots. So there are some battles coming up for the Vikings, and we'll see um, what this team looks like. All right. Uh, all right, let's get into some fan mail real quick What's the fan mail look like? It can't be bad. We were on a bye. So, I mean... 
There can't be a bunch of terrorism here. All right, we got Paul from Nashville. Mike, thanks for taking the questions. We have seen a few trick plays this year from other teams in which a player other than the quarterback throws the ball. Who on the Vikings offense has the best arm besides Kirk, Trevor, or Kyle? So hmm. looking at some of the skill players to throw the ball. Well, let's talk about this. If I had to guess, I would guess Adam Thielen. Yeah, because he could do everything, right? He golfs, he plays basketball. Yeah, I'd say Adam Thielen probably would have the best uh, arm. And if I if if I was going to make a second guess, I would say Laquan. Treadwell? Yeah, he's got big hands. I think he can throw the ball a long ways. So I'm going Laquan or Thielen. I feel like Latavius could sling it. You think so? Yeah, I think he might be able to. He's okay. a big guy. This is something we should probably ask some of the players next time we get someone on the Wobcast. We'll say who's got the best arm on the team who's not a quarterback. I like that. That's a great I'm, question. I'm, I'm on Thielen or Treadwell, and if I had to choose one, I, I'll go with Thielen. I like, I like the Thielen call. All right. I would say Thielen, too. All right, next one from Spearfish, South Dakota, Tim Baldwin. Hold on, hold on. Spearfish, South Dakota? That's right. That is the home of Vikings public relations dude, Sam Newton. That's right. Spearfish, South Dakota. All right, what do we got? Tim Baldwin. Maybe maybe that's his friend. We're going to run the name by Sammy. Yeah, we're going to ask him. All right. Is there a chance any player on the injured reserve will rejoin the team this season? Who would that be? Okay, so now you can you can take, I think it's two players off of IR and bring them back to your roster. It used to be you put a guy on IR, he's done for the season. But yep. now the league has a stipulation where you can bring a guy back. I don't think the Vikings, though, have any candidates for that because Nick Easton was placed on IR before the season started, so he's not a candidate for that. After that, Avion Collins, I believe, is on IR. But I think his injury is severe enough that he won't be ready to come back. Yep. Mike Hughes is on IR, but he's got the ACL, so he won't be obviously he won't be ready to go. I, I don't think the Vikings have any uh, legitimate candidates for this uh, return from IR designation. So I think the answer to that question is no. The last one from Mike R in Richmond, Virginia. Vikings seem to not use the screen game to running backs enough, especially on third and mid-range yardage on the road, says Mike R from Richmond, Virginia. I was born in Richmond, Virginia, fun fact. What? Fun fact, yeah. How, do, how did that happen? My dad's a doctor, and he was doing his uh, re- residency there for yeah. a few years, and I was born there and then moved back home to New York where I grew up. All so, right. Yeah, fun fact. We got some connections. I, on the, I, I like that. On the where, where our questions are coming okay, from. Okay, so what, what was the question again? It was Vikings seem to not use oh, yeah, screens. the screen game. Screens. Yep. Yeah. So just um, talking about the screen game. I think, I think Dalvin Cook being back in the lineup and being healthy will increase the number of running back screen plays that we run. We don't run a lot to the tight ends or the backs. It yep. doesn't seem like it anyway. But we do run a lot of wide receiver screens, and those are screens. Those count as screens. So I think the return, though, of Dalvin Cook to the lineup will lead to a few more screens called per game. I agree. And, and Pat Shermer was a big fan of the screen game, and that was a big part of Jarek McKinnon's game when he was here with the Vikings. For so, sure. Um, we'll see how Dalvin Cook's addition back into the lineup will affect the screen game. You know what I like four, three, four, five times a game what? is Cook and Murray on the field at the same time. Two different weapons. That you, I like that you, as a wrinkle. Yeah, not, you can use them in a lot of ways. Not 20 times a game or not even 15 or 10. Just a handful of times a game, put them both out there and see what happens. I like it. I kind of like that look a little bit. All right, anything else we can do? I think that's about it. I that's think we it? covered it all. I, there, 
This this league is wide open on both sides, AFC and NFC. It's gonna be fun, man. It's as good as it gets. There are some years when it's not like this. I mean, yeah. there are, there are some years where it's like the the top two seeds in each conference are pretty much determined, and there's only two or three teams vying for the wild cards. Yep. That's not the case here. This thing is wide open. Minnesota Vikings right in the thick of it with a key stretch of games coming up at Chicago, home to the Packers, at the Patriots, at the Seahawks. The Vikings manage this four-game stretch, and they're going to have a pretty good chance to make some noise because to close the season... Dolphins? Yeah, it's Dolphins, Lions, Bears. Yeah. You can get some work done there. So uh, so we'll see what happens. But it all starts with the Vikings and the Bears this Sunday night. Sunday night football on NBC is where you can catch the game if you're watching on television. Of course, we always recommend you listen to the game on the Vikings Radio Network. Kickoff right around 7.20 p.m. Central Time. The Vikings Radio Network will have the pregame show starting around 5 or 5.20, hosted by Mike Musman. Catch the game on the Vikings Radio Network, where voice of the Vikings Paul Allen will call the action with yours truly, right next to him, in between him and analyst Pete Bursich. And then, of course, we'll have Greg Coleman and Ben Lieber on the sidelines. Up until then, of course, you stay tuned to Vikings.com. Use the Vikings app. All of our great content delivered straight to your favorite mobile device. On behalf of co-host and producer Chris Corso, this is Wabi signing off for now. Have an awesome week, everyone. Skull Vikings. So, yeah!